this is Rashi here we are back with another episode of our season 2 entrepreneurship podcast series where we share the journey of aspiring leaders from all over the world for today's session we have a very special guest who is a totally a people's person and has been providing to the youth in many different ways helping them to move forward in their career paths guiding them throughout their personal and professional lives with the right network tools and knowledge to succeed welcoming petros he is the co-founder and curator at Beehive. As co-founder, Petros has been bridging China with the rest of the world through employability training, job fairs, resource sharing for international talent. And he has also been working in talent development for the past five years, building a community of 10,000 plus learners in Beijing and Shanghai. Welcome, Petros, to our show. Really excited to have you here today with us. Hi, Rashi. It's my pleasure to be here. Many thanks for the invitation. Yes, thank you so much for joining. So um, uh, I know you're from Beehive, but uh, you know to get into more a bit deeper. Um, so Beehive has been providing career training to international talent in Beijing and Shanghai. So that's what we've learned, and uh, helping college students with uh, mentorship and university support. So um, I want to know, like, was it any of your previous or personal exp- experiences that led you to start Beehive? So what exactly is the story behind it? Sure. Uh, of course, this is the first time that I'm going to be answering this question. So thank you so much. Um, no, I'm joking. So uh, you said Petros from Beehive, but most people will say Petros from Cyprus because I'm from Cyprus. But in any case, so uh, long story short, uh, the, yes, there is a story behind uh, how and why we started Beehive. So uh, when I was uh, in my bachelor's, I studied in the UK mm-hmm. and in the UK, uh, in England, you have uh, a lot of career support, a lot of personal development events, a lot of support from the university. So they're there to help you with your CV, uh, with networking events, and they can guide you in your career path. So when I came to China, which was a very, uh, I guess, interesting and random story, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I was planning to uh, you know, stay in China for a year. I was planning to just uh, take a gap year in China, but eventually I decided to you know, take another year in China. So like um, my major was in economics. Mm-hmm. So normally when you study economics, most people either go and become accountants, investment bankers, or uh, they work in, you know, in finance and uh, money in a way. But I did something very yeah. different. I was planning to go uh, to China and, and, uh, and I, was, uh, I would be a teacher for a year there. And then I would go back to the UK and do a master's. But um, this was the plan, basically? That was the plan. Yeah. So but, but halfway in my, uh, you know, in my teaching uh, year, mm-hmm. I decided that, uh, you know, there are many Cypriots, uh, people from Cyprus that study at fancy universities in London, but there are mm-hmm. not a lot of Cypriots who can speak Chinese. So I decided to take another year, so another kind of like a gap year to study Chinese uh, full time in Beijing. And it was during that time. So while studying Chinese in my second year, in China, that I felt completely lost with my life and my career. So, you know, I started this degree and then I didn't do what most Cypriots do. And, uh, you know, I found myself in a very uh, foreign country like China and I had no idea what I, what I was doing. So in order to get some help and support, I went to the service, uh, career service center at my university mm-hmm. in China at that mm-hmm. time. And I discovered that there was no support especially for international students at oh, that point okay. in time at the universities. So uh, 
I still felt lost after visiting the careers office. So what I did was... As in uh, mentorship, you mean, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there was no, um, uh, you know, they they don't really tell you, you know, give me your CV, I can check it for you. Or they don't tell you, as a foreigner, you can do these jobs. It's, It's very... Uh, I guess, challenging for foreigners to find proper jobs in China that allow them to, uh, you know, utilize their skills and build some kind of a career path. So Mm -hmm. uh, through this disappointment, and uh, we decided that we need need to do something about it. So in the the beginning, it's like, okay, this is, this shouldn't be happening. You know, when I was in the UK, it was much more structured and it was much more support. So um, just a, a very important fact to state here was that I went to China with my best friend, uh, Costas. So Mm -hmm. Costas also had studied at the UK university in in England. So he also had experienced this support. Yes. At different universities. So, but uh, yeah, it was close. So in any any case, so, uh, we went to talk to a lot of different types of people and, uh, you know, different friends from different countries, you know, the Koreans, the Greeks, the Chinese, the Spanish speaking friends and everyone. Anyway, out of all of these people, uh, three people, uh, stuck it was two people stuck it was me, Costas, uh, my co-founder and Lisa, another girl from Greece. So us three started doing events, uh, for, um, foreign students at our university that focused on helping them develop skills, meet people mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, get a better idea of what of what they want to do in the future. So uh, initially we started with three people and then we we grew to a team of more than 40 people from different countries. And it just, this wow. happened in 2017. So the reason why we started uh, Beehive was because of the lack of career support that we experienced in our uh, university. So because we don't want to let other people feel the way the same way we felt when I, when we were studying. That's when that's why we started Beehive to make sure that people have a platform that can help them develop skills and build their networks in China. That was really nice to know. And and it's quite interesting because, you know, your journey from Cyprus to China and then now Beehive, forming Beehive. And uh, it's, it sounds so good to know that, you know, it's just three friends, you know, uh, moving forward to uh, founding something so great right now. So that's really cool. Um, I would like to know, like, you know, of all places, why China? So, because you're originally from Cyprus, you had more uh, more networking on the other side of Europe. So, why would you want to come here and uh, you know do something in China? So, was it just for uh, to learn something, or or a course that you were interested in China, or just to learn Mandarin that you mentioned? So, what what was it? Well, most of the time, my reply to this question is why not? Uh, why not China? I wanted to uh, just point out that. I didn't plan it. Cy- uh, China kind of happened okay. in the same way Cyprus didn't happen. A bit <laughs> philosophical. No, I'm just joking. Anyway, so you might, so you don't choose where you're born, but you can choose where you want to go, right? So yes. I chose to go yes. to China because initially it just seemed as a good career break or study break. So I was imagining that I would go to this remote village and I would you know, just to work there, volunteer for a year or so, and then just go back to the UK, as I mentioned, to to, to do a very fancy degree that combined finance, so making money and computer science, you know, building things. And it was the perfect master's, you know, it was uh, great content, great university, so good network. And also it included an internship. So just side note, if you're considering to do a, a master's, 
mm-hmm. or an MBA or anything. Just make sure it, it includes work experience. It, it should have an internship. Anyway, it had everything, but even uh, even if it had everything, you know, as I mentioned, like halfway through my year in China, that so China just actually happened. So this uh, uh, this guy came to my university in, in Nottingham. So I studied in Nottingham University. And yes. there was one day this presentation by uh, by the representative of Teaching English in China, mm-hmm. Arnold, this uh, great guy. So um, I went to his presentation. I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. Why not? So I kind of persuaded my best friend to go to China with me. Just It would be for a year. Uh, but, uh, you know, halfway there, I decided that, you know, China had a lot of potential in speaking Chinese would allow me to bridge China and Cyprus at least. Uh, so I would say that there are about, I don't know, 50, 60 Cypriots in the whole of China and maybe 10 in the whole of Beijing. So Beijing is a city of 20 million people. Yes. Uh, so I, I think that I, 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 did, I, I didn't just, uh, you know, I, I wasn't, I was never super passionate about Chinese uh, culture or food or, you know, doing something because it's a huge market. But yes. after I went, I went there, I kind of, I really loved the the culture the food the language and uh, China is a very interesting place to be in general but as a foreigner I think you have uh, some unique opportunities that are not uh, that might not be available to the local population there are like different opportunities of course different challenges and different opportunities but yes yeah, so China kind of happened and uh, I think it's uh, it's been an amazing journey it, it allowed me to really use some of the skills and some of the things that I saw in Europe and apply them in the context of China and bring value and connect people and build bridges. So I'm very grateful for my journey in China so far because it helped me understand and realize uh, that my true passion lies in building communities, bridging people and really bringing them together. Because I think that when you bring people from different countries and cultures mm-hmm. and uh, experiences yeah. together, then magic things can happen. So Yes, definitely. Um, since you mentioned, I would just want to add, like there is so much more into China because, um, you know, it's just not the Chinese people, but then uh, the world is already there, you know, in, in a small sentence, if we would just want to frame it, there's so many people from all over the world being there and, you know, living there. And uh, it's not, it's, uh, it's, of course, you get to interact with the uh, core Chinese, Chinese people, but then you also get to meet people from all over the world and, you know, learn and experience each, each person's journey. And uh, it's just, it's just so wonderful to have so many people from so many places and so many cultures and from so many different backgrounds all together, you know, in just one city or in just one country. So that's the best part of it, I would say. Definitely. Beijing, uh, Shanghai, like all, like many cities in China are super diverse and it's a great opportunity to see the world through the eyes of different people. So yeah. I think one of the best ways to uh, visit or understand different countries is to actually mm-hmm. talk to people from those countries. Exactly, exactly. Um, so moving forward, I am quite curious to know um, what is the reason behind naming this, naming your organization Beehive? So we know the meaning of Hive, but so, you know, just please connect the dots for us. Like what is, why exactly Beehive? Sure. So what was a very important uh, factor in in what we we do and we were doing, especially when we did offline events, was that we mm-hmm. did interactive events. So we do trainings, we don't do just lectures. So we believe that through interaction, mm-hmm. through people talking to each other, through mm-hmm. them buzzing together, then they can learn and grow. And for them to do so, uh, they need to feel uh, comfortable and safe. So uh, the hive is supposed to mean 
this safe space where people can connect, share, grow, and just uh, they can feel comfortable oh, wow. enough to open up and just uh, grow together. So that's the hive. And then to be is like, uh, it's like to be in the hive. So every day is of beehive is like a hive where you can be in a hive and you can grow with others and make honey oh, and create value. Yeah. Oh, nice. Also, the, the, the word bee starts, uh, is, is a very good acronym to use for different programs. So mm-hmm. right, we've done in the past different programs that focus on, you know, leadership development and yeah. personal growth. Like one was be your leader. Another one, what we have right now is be a founder, which is actually a program that we're collaborating with Scholar on to, you know, bring some more entrepreneurship and founding opportunities mm-hmm. to uh, students and professionals. So, um, yeah, that's it behind the name. I, uh, that, that's a very cool thing, cool innovation, I would say. So um, uh, moving forward, I would also want to ask, um, you're, you're, you have a community that you've built, you know, for uh, claiming that more, more than 10,000 plus learners and, you know, who, which is supporting uh, the youth in networking and knowledge building and, of course, smoothing their transition from schooling to work, helping them nurture both of their personal and professional lives. So how are you helping them with this? with this networking thing and you know what are those those certain tools or strategies that you have been using to uh, impl- uh, implement in uh, in all of these learners sure so uh, for the past 5 years we've worked with uh, i guess more than 100 speakers life coaches corporate trainers and each of them bring to the table a, a certain type of skills and techniques and experiences that they share with our students so uh, our events, workshops, and job fairs aim at inspiring people with these, uh, you know, these experiences that our speakers have to make them feel that you know they can relate and they can feel that they can also succeed. They can also improve themselves. They can also become better communicators or you know improve their cross-cultural communication and understanding. But also this practical element where you know that you give them some kind of uh, a technique. Like what you mentioned in the beginning, uh, the breathing, the breathing technique is like five seconds breathing, five seconds uh, to hold it, and then five seconds to breathe out, and then you do it five times. So we've uh, we introduced different types of acronyms and different types of theories to people that help them find their path. For example, one uh, uh, would be ikigai. So ikigai uh, stands for purpose of living. So it's like the intersection yes. of what you're good at, what, yeah. you, what you can be paid for, what the society needs. Um, so it's, it's kind of like you, you just give them this framework and then they can use this framework and apply it to their lives and careers in, they, in the way that they would like to, to, um, to utilize. So uh, people that come to our events, they can take out, uh, they can take whatever they want from it. So some people come because they, they want to network. As what you mentioned, yes. they want to meet yes. the speakers. They want to meet these professionals working in different fields. Yes. Yes. Or maybe they want they just want to be inspired. Or maybe they want to learn these different techniques. Maybe they want to become coaches. Maybe they want to become entrepreneurs. And um, yeah, I think that uh, networking has been a big uh, topic and an important session that we have been promoting and we have been relying on because that's how we have been able to build the community uh, and we've been able to, uh, you know, educate more than 10,000 people without actually charging them uh, for, yeah. for money. So the, the proceeds nice. come, yeah. So the proceeds come from uh, sponsorships and different partnerships with organizations and companies. So okay. the, 
uh, students and young professionals can benefit without uh, an expense of them. So we do this because we believe that career support should be available to everyone yeah. for free. And just uh, it's a way to improve social mobility in the terms of uh, foreigners in China, at least. Okay. So, the, so these events are mostly uh, offline and or online or how, how does it work? So before COVID, it was a lot of offline events, was mostly mm-hmm. offline events. It would be like uh, skills workshops. It would be presentations, it would be networking events, and also job fairs. Uh, now we still do a few offline events, mostly like job fairs, like bigger events, uh, mm-hmm. but most of them are online. For example, we have an event happening on Thursday uh, where we discuss the founders gene. So here we have a few founders uh, along with their parents who also happen to be founders. And mm-hmm. we kind of have a, a fun and informal conversation on, on whether like entrepreneurship is hereditary or not. Of course, we believe that it's not and that anyone can be a founder or anyone mm-hmm. can you know, pursue their own projects. Yeah. But it's just a fun conversation where we can you know, inspire uh, young, young people, but also elders. This is our, uh, I guess one of the few events where we have uh, older speakers. So hopefully we can also inspire some older youth, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it, it, it's, it sounds very interesting. I will make sure I, I do attend that event. And also we will, uh, you know, if you want, we can also mention it in our uh, podcast and people can go through it. So um, about partnerships, um, of course, you have been working with so many uh, people, of course, or uh, it could be sponsors or, you know, at the universities that you're working with. So um, uh, you uh, with and other organizations that you've been partnering with. So how does this partnership exactly work? Because like uh, you have to maintain a very good relationship and it should be like a long term thing that you want to continue with the university. And because year by year, new students keep coming and all of those uh, students, they do need all career supports. And from the age of 2022 till I believe, Till, till the end of uh, reaching 30, people are in a dilemma uh, that, you know, really confused. Of, of, of course, they have their own uh, degrees going on, their work going on, and other voluntary organizations maybe they've involved with. But still, it's like a very confused phase that people have in, our, have in their lives. I feel it's just increasing day by day with more of uh, the millennials and the Generation Z. So how, how, how do you maintain this partnership with the universities? Yeah, so uh, maybe I can outline some of the types of partnerships that exist mm-hmm. and uh, I can define what a partnership is, the types of partnerships, and then how you can go about how to create, maintain, and improve uh, different types of partnerships that you can have either as an organization or an individual so uh, partnerships are very very important yes. uh, because they allow they allow you to get access to resources mm-hmm. uh, but also a bigger audience and this can help you with either like you know getting the word out for yes. uh, this event or this uh, project that you have or it can help you with having access to different types of resources that can help you realize yes. uh, different types of projects that you have so partners Partnerships. So this is a word that can be used in many different situations in different ways. So uh, a partner could be a media partner, for example. So let's say we just uh, mm-hmm. support each other through our marketing channels. Another partner could be a venue partner because they provide the venue for you, for you yes. to organize the event. Another type of partner could be a sponsoring partner. So Mm -hmm. Uh, they sponsor your event or they sponsor your project in the return for something. Maybe you mentioned them in your um, marketing materials or during the event. Another important type of partnership, which I I guess is the most important one to have, is the client who actually pays you some amount of money 
for you to deliver a service or for you to deliver some kind of uh, marketing or event or report. So uh, even though you call them as partners, it's very important to pay focus on this clients slash partners because they are the ones who will help you to keep your business and your projects uh, going. So if someone is willing to pay you for something, it means that you're doing it really well. So th those yeah. are the partnerships that you really need to focus on maintaining and improving. Um, but I would like everyone to just uh, maybe take a step back from mm -hmm. this word partner and the organization and because we've worked with Uh, LinkedIn, SNP Global, Tsinghua yeah. University, uh, the you know big organizations. Yes. Uh, but essentially, uh, let's say when Beehive works with LinkedIn, it's not like I have this partnership and you, this partnership is going to last forever. Most times, yeah. partnerships are between people. So let's say it's Petros, it's Costas, and we work with John from LinkedIn, or we work yes. with uh, Wang Fang from uh, Tsinghua University. And so the stronger this. Uh, relationship is the more likely is for the partnership to go a, l a long way right so and many times we've seen that when people uh, change organizations it's very challenging to continue the relationship yes. going right so people need to have that in mind but right. uh, maybe a, a small tip of advice if you are uh, looking to make partnerships If you are uh, trying to find more resources to, you know, support your projects or your business, okay. then you have to make sure that you're first willing to give. So just first, you go there with the mindset that you know, I'm here to give uh, yes. and think about what is the value that you can provide to this partner yeah. before just going there and asking them, you know, um, can I have this venue or would you like to be my client? Would you like to use my services? So before you go and do that, you have to actually validate yourself, your company, your project, really demonstrate, you know, if you want to have access to the most motivated international talent in China, then you need to work with, mm -hmm. with Beehive. So you might need to deliver some free content or free services in the beginning before you can actually build a partnership that can be more uh, long lasting. So And if you want to maintain this partnership, it's, it's just like a relationship with a person, right? I attended a very inspiring and informational uh, workshop the other day. It was by uh, SIEPS Business School, which is in Shanghai, but they had their alumni gathering here in Barcelona. So I was very lucky to attend. Oh, okay. And uh, one of the speakers mentioned that he has different circles with different people that he contacts For example, he has people that he contacts once a year. That's the like the bigger circle. And then in the smaller circle, he has people who he contacts every six months. And then in the smaller circle, he has people who con he contacts every three months. And then wow. in the smallest, it's like every month you need to contact this person. So this could be either like, you know, Merry Christmas or like, how are you? How you been doing? What are you working right now? But essentially in the same way, if a partnership is very important for you, then you need to kind of see in which circle should I put this company or this individual and then just try to maintain this uh, relationship. And whenever you contact them, try to ask them, try to inform yourself before. So let's say before you talk to a scholar, you see yeah. what kind of projects is scholar working on, what mm -hmm. kind of, and think about any potential challenges that may, they might be facing. And then you go there right. and you can tell them, Hey, scholar, I've noticed that you're recently uh, supporting this global competition. Uh, how can I help? Like, with, do you need me to recommend startups? Do you need me to recommend speakers? Mm -hmm. uh, would you like a graphic designer? I think it would be a great input in your team because I see that your graphics are, you know, they have potential, but, uh, you know, and then you show them 
some kind of your work. And if you're willing to either work for free or give for free, then people and organizations will appreciate that and they will oh. come back to work with you. If they don't appreciate that, then it's a sign that maybe you shouldn't work with this person or organization. But in any case, I think that partnerships are very, very challenging and tiring to yes. to maintain. It's just like, listen, you know, you just, you, you're sitting here, you're listening to me and it's really challenging to follow up with everything that I'm saying because maybe this person talks too fast or maybe they're not sure what they're saying. It's the same with organizations. So you have to build a partnership with an organization that is either moving too fast or maybe their actions or their projects are not very clear. So you're not sure about how you can bring value to this organization or person. I hope that was yeah, yes. it was it, it was it was like a, like an amazing amazing uh, advice, and uh, I think uh, there is there was a lot to learn from this answer of yours, and a lot a lot of things people should definitely jot down. Guys, if you're listening to this, please do it. Uh, there, I will I will put in into the highlights also for the, this answer specifically. So thank you so much, Petros. My mind is blown away. Maybe so just one term that I can add, if if I may, yes. Rashi. Yes, yes. I would I would add that uh, just if you consider the world to be VUCA, so VUCA stands mm-hmm. for volatile, uncertain complex and ambiguous if you if you live in this context then you can expect that okay this partnership might change because of these events there might be an announcement uh, by the government there might be a war happening there might be a you know there's a pandemic happening so anything could disturb your relationships and your partnerships with people and organizations and you have to be prepared for that and just uh, you need to have your own uh, risk assessment to make sure that you can be proactive and not uh, lose out when uh, you know there's this huge variant that changes and uh, affects your partnerships and relationships oh, very true okay um uh, so uh moving uh, to our last question for our main session today here so um you of course you mentioned that you know you've been facilitating corporate training marketing sessions for organizations you know for linkedin and uh, volkswagen and and of course the un united nations so how does this facilitating works and you know how are the corporations like we know like the students are benefited and we know how behave or the student can reach to each other and how you how you help each other move towards their career path but you know with the corporations how does it work because it must be totally uh, like it's it's like a totally separate entity and uh, we really want to know that how are the corporations benefited from these sessions yes so uh, from our work at beehive as i mentioned we work with a lot of life coaches and corporate trainers so these corporate yeah. trainers they work with corporates to train them and uh, to help uh, their employees develop skills and also grow and, uh, you know, have more clarity. So because of our interaction with trainers, we've been, I've had the chance to work very closely with a few of our trainers. And that was also a a huge opportunity to have some beehive behaviors, beehive community to also participate as assistant facilitators and help uh, put together like a training that was not for students, that was for corporates. So as uh, I mentioned, mm-hmm. the, the term vocation. Let me ask, where was this? Um, with the- this was in Beijing. Okay. Yeah, this was in Beijing. So okay. um, essentially the concepts are the same when you deliver uh, any kind of training session, either to college students or, uh, you know, older learners. So what we would do, we would have the same, we would have like uh, different types of, of games or activities. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the game or the activity, we would change the rules. So this was to show that the world is VUCA and there are many changes that you cannot expect, expect right? Uh, so one 
type of activity was that uh, we split the the group in different teams. Let's say it was four. Let's say it was four teams, and every team was supposed to you know uh, draw a certain painting, uh, and they would start to draw the painting in the first round. It was one person painting for ten seconds. In right. the second round, it was two people painting at the same time, then three people painting at the same time, and then. In half time, like uh, actually maybe ten minutes before the the end of the activity, we would uh, shout buka buka buka, and we would take the painting of one team okay. and replace it with the painting of the other. So the teams now had to finish the activity by completing oh, wow. the painting of the other team. So this was like the and you would see some people like. Uh, they were like, oh my goodness, why? I mean, this is not our work and, you know, and this and that. But this is like, it's good to show that in real life, you might be either given a project that you did not start. So you might, you need to see how to make it work. And mm -hmm. at the same time, you know, you've been uh, doing a great job and then they give you this project that has so much more work, that more, more, so much more work that has to be done. So this was to help them understand that the, the world is very VUCA and that work will be faced with this kind of uh, situations and you're going to have to respond. And uh, in that specific session, for example, we had this activity, the lifeline, where you get people to, you know, write down the highs and the lows of their lives and their careers. And it was okay. a very relaxed and reflective session. It happened in a coffee, in a cafe with a lot of, yeah. you know, flowers and plants. It was almost like a forest, you know, it was very green. It was oh. amazing. Uh, so this was our way to get them down to relax and kind of reflect on their life experiences on their career so far to notice mm -hmm. the highs and the lows and uh, maybe, you know just like, encourage um, them to see that was it was it like a your your kind of a thing that people had to do you know like because for the highs and lows or it was it just based on the current situation of their lives well it was based on their whole life as a whole so let's okay. say i am 30 years old yes when i was 10 this happened to me it was great oh, okay when I was 15, this happened to me. I was bullied, not good. When I was 18, I got accepted to my university of my dreams. Okay. When I was when I was 19, my dog died. You know, and this okay. you could see okay. this, uh, and this all of this uh, training. It was a great uh, opportunity because it, it helped me to also gain more clarity and to uh, see the world in a different way. So we would take this sessions that we the skills and the activities that we did for corporates and we would uh, put it in uh, different trainings that are for youth for example for Tsinghua University students or for the UNFPA training yeah. uh, so it was an incredible experience and this and this I got because I had a really good relationship and I really had a I still have a good partnership with a trainer called Malcolm Nerva who is okay. actually uh, one of our trainers who leads uh, the, the MBTI sessions so the MBTI yeah. is a Self-awareness tool is like a personality test. And every year we would have this big event in Beijing. Uh, so I highly encourage everyone who's listening to this to try and build partnerships and relationships that are for the long term and mm -hmm. try to find people that you can work with for more than one time. So don't try to yeah. just uh, either like get this from someone or just make yeah. money quick, but try to see it as a long-term game. And it's all about the process and the journey. It's not just about reaching the the destination and achieving the world it's also about how you get there yeah yes 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 that that is so good to know and uh, sometime even i would definitely you know want to be a part of any of these interactive sessions that you're you know leading because uh, it is i think quite interesting and uh, it does sound promising 
to you know discovering what exactly is needed so yes thank you so much for sharing that so pleasure that's a wrap for our main session we will be moving on to our fast seven sessions where we will ask you a bit of uh, you know personal questions to you uh, trying to know a bit more about you now that we know about beehive we want to know you more in person so let's start a fast seven session you ready yes so i'm 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 ready okay great so what is the secret to making connections giving okay nice one daily ritual of yours cold showers oh nice would you call yourself an educator or an entrepreneur what is your first identity i am a cypriot entrepreneur oh cool okay so you speak multiple languages um any tips for our audience to learn a new language try the food if you like it then you might like the language really why do you say that well the, the more you like the food of a certain place i think the, the more likely you are to want to learn the language because you would be willing to travel to that country and actually try the original food. Oh, okay. So, if you could live your life all over again, what would you do differently and why? Nothing. Because a life with regrets is not worth living. Oh, nice. That was nice. Okay. So, any recent reads, books or movies, you know, um that have left you with lasting impression? I've just finished watching uh picky blinders a show on netflix okay. and i was uh uh you know astonished with the amount of uh motivation drive and uh ingeniousness that uh, tommy the leader of the, the pack had so i highly recommend to people to watch it it's a bit bloody and a bit violent but yes. uh but very well worth it's worth yes. watching it is worth yeah. watching right definitely so um last question what do you think is the number one thing that's holding people back to climb their ladder of success ourselves our limiting beliefs it that voice inside us that tells us you're not good enough what if this fails what if this is not enough so our success and our failures come from our selves and we should embrace both in the same way because they're both valuable and meaningful to our journey yes yes that now that you've said it it is actually very true of course ourselves is what lead us both to failure and success Thank you so much. I have one bonus question for you today. So describe our podcast series and the journey you've had today with us in three words. I would say fast, fun and cool. Great. Thank you so much. That's a wrap for our session and um thank you so much Petros for joining us today and sharing your journey with us. You are one the truly inspiring person and I'm so glad we could share your journey through our podcast today here. Thank you Ashi. Thank you so much for providing this safe space, this uh, hive for me to share and open up and be myself. I think that everyone deserves to uh, to have this kind of space and to open up and share. So keep up the great work. Uh, Rashi and I hope that uh, I can meet you in person either in Europe, Nepal or China or yes. God knows where. Yeah. So yes. keep up the Thank great you. work. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Looking forward to it. So that's a wrap ladies and gentlemen. If you liked the episode, please do share it with your friends and family and do leave us your comments. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We feel the love. We give it back to you. Take the love and spread it out to the world everybody. Stay tuned until our next episode. Thank you and good day.